0: Today's interview is with Paul Fishman, the self-love mentor, the you-do-you you activist, and the podcast host to the Road to Self-Love podcast. He's someone that I look up to. It's a podcast I thoroughly enjoy, and I just went out on a limb one day and was like, Paul, I'd love to interview you on my podcast. <laughs> now, mind you. I launched my podcast on November 11th, and I think him and I were messaging in December.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Can be a very heavy conversation, and more often than not, someone who's attacking you for loving yourself just doesn't love themselves and is looking for the validation from you to fill themselves up.
0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. I'm so pumped to be here. Today is an interview I have for you guys. Um, I have a great story behind this, but today's interview is with Paul Fishman, the self-love mentor, the you-do-you you activist and the podcast host to the Road to Self Love podcast. I believe it's like a top 100 podcast, and he's someone I look up to. It's a podcast I thoroughly enjoy, and um, an influencer I totally look up to and thoroughly enjoy. I got the opportunity to interview him for my podcast, and I'm super, super pumped. So I was actually introduced to him through another podcast that I really like. Um, If you guys ever listen to Manifestation Babes podcast, he was on her podcast and then I started binging some of his episodes and then we had connected on socials. I had like tagged him in a post or something and we were just kind of going back and forth and the point of my story is just doing the scary shit and just doing it and remembering that no matter how many followers someone has or how much bigger their podcast is than yours, that we're all just people doing the same thing, dealing with the same thing, out living our life. And I just went out on a limb one day and was like, Paul, I'd love to interview you on my podcast. <laughs> now, mind you, I launched my podcast on November 11th and I think him and I were messaging in December. <laughs> Um, and we messaged back and forth or whatever, and then he agreed to it, and we never got an opportunity to connect again, and then he just reached back out one day on Instagram and was like, hey, you know what, we never did that podcast, and it's my fault, so let's connect, and the moral of this story is when you're really passionate about something, don't get discouraged when things don't work out the way that you think that they're going to work out because they always work out at the right time. Now that I'm like six months into the podcast, um, this interview felt so different for me. Of course, I was absolutely nervous because it's the one I look up to and I'm inspired about and I absolutely did not bring this up on the podcast <laughs> because I was nervous. But I know I was in such a different, better space and able to receive this interview and a just a different space, right? And the timing of it for me just couldn't have been more perfect because, well, for one, I had already had this idea of leaning into self-love for July before him and I even recorded the podcast. And I was like, this is perfect. It's amazing how things really just kind of line up. And it's just, that's all I really wanted to share is that no matter what you do, Everything will line up exactly the way it's supposed to line up, and you just got to put yourself out there, and you just have to follow your dreams and just keep doing what you want to do and what brings you passion, and I promise you cannot go wrong with that. There's no such thing as failing, so today in this episode, we go through and we explore all things self-love. He is the self-love mentor. He believes it is the best medicine So it's perfect timing for everything I'm leaning into this month and everything I'm focusing on. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, heal yourself, you heal the world. I truly believe that the best gift that we can give everyone right now is love by doing everything from a place of love and in order to create change the best thing you can do is help and have compassion for the next person that comes to you that needs it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun recording it and let me know what you think. All right, check it out. All right. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have with me Paul Fishman. I am super excited to have him. He's hands down one of my favorite podcasters and he's the host of the Road to Self-Love show and he's the self-love mentor expert. Thanks so much for being here today, Paul.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: So all day today, I have to tell you a funny story is we kind of live, well, we don't kind of, we definitely live in the suburbs and it's not a lot of action. And I've been hearing sirens all day. And I was like, okay, it's a sign. I'm supposed to have Paul on the podcast today.
1: <laughs> I love that. All about that life.
0: Because that means we're exactly where we're supposed to be when we hear them, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you are, or really, you really need to listen up, like listen to what's going on in your life. Like it's just the universe being like, Listen clearly. Hello, hello, hello. Pay
0: attention. Awesome. Well, I just want to get started a little bit with like your story, kind of like what got you here and some of the things that you're doing now.
1: Totally. So, um let's see where to begin. Well, as Katie said, I am a self-love mentor and you do-you activist, and uh, I'm really on a mission to empower and inspire all living things, humans to, to know that if life isn't lived for you, then you're not going to be able to show up in the way that you truly want to meaning like being a people pleaser, sacrificing yourself for others, like not following through with your dreams uh, in any way, shape or form that you can is just doing a disservice to you and the world. So this is like a constant evolution of my journey and also the journey that I embark on with my clients and my community as well. And, uh, you know, my self-love journey started around 10 years ago. I was just the epitome of a people pleaser. Like you could find the my picture next to the words people pleaser in the dictionary. And hi, I feel like everyone's <laughs> like, wait, same. It's just like uh, everyone. and. I was living my life for everyone else. I went to college because my parents really wanted me to, I got um, the really comfortable job because that's what society told me was right. I kept my sexuality a secret for way too long because I was scared of what other people would think. And, and one day uh, it was three years into a very emotionally abusive relationship with a woman. I was, looking in the mirror and I did not recognize the person staring back at me. Like I had no clue who I was. And I realized that I'd built up all of these layers and, and protective, like this protective cocoon around me. That was basically like everything that I thought other people wanted for me. And it was just slowly killing me inside. And I got super dramatic and got out of the relationship and, and when I left that relationship, it was kind of like this, like domino effect, where um, because of all of that toxic silencing of myself, I had put on around seventy-five pounds of additional weight. I was w- working a job that did not fill me up with joy. I was in a relationship that didn't excite me, and was making a lot of poor decisions in my life. And the second I left that relationship. Within two weeks, 20 pounds of emotional weight just fell off of me. Like and I don't know, I don't know how it happened. So you can't ask me my secrets (laughs) other than that it it was me saying yes to myself and the universe rewarding me in that sense. And and then the job of my dreams at the time came knocking at my door. And I found a home to live in that was just like a safe space to be me and explore who I truly was. And and that was really this commitment that I made to myself that I was never going to hide because I was scared of what other people would think of me. And and just like one more notch on the this, like, you got to just say yes to you right now manifesto is that. You know the biggest thing that I was scared about the time was was coming out, and I remember talking to some of my closest friends, and I was just like, "Yeah, so you know, um, I I'm gay," and they were like, "Oh, great! What's for dinner?" And I was just <laughs> like, "Really, really? Is this how it's going down?" And that's for for so many of you, regardless of whether it's something big or small. Like if it's just like you know, you don't like your job or you don't want to be in the relationship anymore, or you really don't feel valued and want to raise from your boss. Like these are things that we're so scared to ask for and live because we just think that the world's going to end if we actually ask for the things we want. And, And that's not the case. Like The world just begins when you honor the things that you want and give yourself permission to ask for them. You might not get them, but at least you asked for them.
0: Uh, I love that what you just said about it feels like the world's going to end, but it really just begins. I struggle with that a lot around mom guilt. Mm. And that's kind of like the mission I'm on right now is to like, just banish mom guilt, (laughs) like ditch it completely and really step into that space of self-love. Because society has kind of like, told you or taught you or let me believe that like, if I do anything for myself that like I'm a bad mom, if I want to have a career outside of the home or anything like that. But one thing I wanted to touch on that you said, of course, like you said, hi, me is like the people pleaser thing. And I think, um, I mean, I can only speak from my experience, but when I hear that, like the first thing that really triggers for me is that like external validation from other people. And the more I delve into like my self awareness journey, the more I realized that I was, it started with like my parents and I was like, I always wanted that validation from them. And I don't know if it's like a generational thing or like, you know, we were really good at like suppressing feelings like my family was and because their parents were et cetera, et cetera. And like, as you work through that, like, can you just like talk a little bit about this innate desire to have that external validation and then like your favorite tip (laughs) To like, just move <laughs> away from that inch by end
1: <laughs> Totally. So when it comes to people pleasing, I mean, it is like the number one thing that I my clients come to me about. Like, it's kind of like the tipping point for a lot of us. Like, oh, wow. I realized that maybe as a mom or as a, a hardworking employee that mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I said no to my kids or my boss or whomever has this like, "Quote unquote control over me that I've relinquished to them, mm-hmm. and when we when we kind of dismantle this concept of people pleasing, it's actually really comfortable to be a people pleaser because what you're doing is you're avoiding conflict. And whether well, kind of backtrack, you're avoiding external conflict. Mm-hmm. The internal conflict can be really, really, really." destructive and that's why you see self sabotage come up that's why we see people you know making living in the suffering of a cycle that is not serving their highest good that's why we see people stay in relationships a lot longer than they want to or so many other things stay at the jobs that they they're no longer loving because it's easier it's easier and the reality is is that our brain is a, it's an old, 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 um, archaic thing. Like our brain is over 2000 years old and it it functions from this reptilian understanding where there's either staying alive or being killed, right? There's nothing in between fight or flight. And within that fight or flight, we can get really, really caught up in those feelings, those emotions. So for instance, we can just like maybe take an example for, for our mom listeners, right? And and you've got the kids and you've got the partner or maybe you're a single mom and you just really need like a break. You need like times to go to the bathroom alone, right? Like mommy needs five minutes alone. Like, like this is why I'm back?
0: in my closet right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And asking for that can be so scary because we start telling ourselves all these stories about what potentially our kids or significant others could say to us to, to, not validate what we truly know we need, which is that time to just breathe and be alone with ourselves, so our brain doesn't like all those stories, our brain doesn't like those feelings and the, that fear and disappointing people, so what it will do is say, "This feels really uncomfortable let 's get back into comfort, which is just putting our putting myself last and, and and this is what people pleasing is it's putting yourself last because you want to avoid other people feeling bad. And the thing is, is that I believe that we're all people pleasing at the same time. So no one's really happy. The thing that actually like sparks joy in families and in life is when you start leading and saying, Hey, I'm going to do this for myself because you know, I have have a great story of one of my uh, clients who I'm working with right now. She spent the first quarter of our work together, really hyper-focused on doing the work so that her husband and her son would then model it. She's like, I'm doing this for them. And this is where a lot of moms and, and wives step in. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this for everyone else. I'm going to learn how to love myself so that I can teach my kids how to love themselves. Instead of just saying, like, I want to love myself for me, period. There's all these conditions Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So I was on the phone with her yesterday. She's one of my VIP coaching clients. And I was on the phone with her and she said, you know what? I realized something, Paul. And I said, what'd you realize? She said, I realized that this week was the first week that I was actually doing this for myself. And I realized that my husband was now watching me and wanting to do what I was doing because I was being a leader. The thing that we forget is that we can't change anyone but ourselves, but we like to focus on changing other people because it's easier than actually changing ourselves. And it's also really disappointing. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) (laughs) So... it's, it's so disappointing to just sit and, and try to change other people. That's why like this whole like, cyclone of social media can be so exhausting because everyone's just spewing their opinions left and right. And no one's really listening. We all just want to be heard in like mm-hmm. this big vortex of black hole that is Facebook and Instagram. It's just like, so, so here we are people-pleasing and trying to change others and and realizing that none of that works and and really the first step to breaking free of this nonsense that is people-pleasing is like checking in with yourself at night and being like you know how did they make me feel for me actually Mm -hmm. for me how did it make me feel and did it feel good? Did it feel bad? What did I do today? Why, why am I going to sleep sad or why am I numbing out on social media or binging a TV show at night when I or drinking, drinking yeah. <laughs> or not? Nu- yeah. Or, you know, like, and this is the thing we have all these vices. We have all mm-hmm. these um, these things to distract us from the fact that when people pleasing just leaves us really sad and unhappy. And it isn't until we're willing to take the risk of potentially people not liking what we have to say to grow and break free of that. And, and that's like another big journey of self-love. It's realizing that like my self-love is the devotion to my individuality, like who I am as an individual and everyone else gets to appreciate that I'm not like them right i'm not like you you're not like me and that's the beauty of being a human that oh. we don't have to be like anyone else but we forget that because we just want to fit in because we're conditioned from a very little young age that you want you don't want to get made fun of you want to be you want to fit in and that's just our parents trying to protect us to keep us safe
0: and yeah mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. true so, you kind of said something else that is another thing I wanted to explore with you is for me, self love feels really different right now. Speaking of like social media and everybody's opinion, obviously, quarantine was like layer one of like your shit being on like served up on a dish with for you to deal with, right? So, it's like, I feel like for me personally, like any self development work I've done over the last year just got blown shit. (laughs) It was like, here you are quarantine. And then you layer in the black lives matter movement. And that's where a lot of people had to really struggle internally with. If I say this for myself right now, I've got to deal with how other people react to it and what I'm seeing. I mean, I'm only speaking from my point of view as a white female However, I am in an interracial relationship and I do have interracial children. So I feel like that's a whole nother conversation on dealing with that because I am Mm -hmm. raising, um, kids, but I think a lot of people have had to deal with like putting that out there and, this breakdown of either within your family or within learning things about yourself that you thought that maybe you were better, like you were doing better because you're not innately closed-minded and we've just like had to learn a lot. And for me, it feels like self-love has just like taken this radical shift a little bit there. So What are like your top tips, or maybe some of the things that you're doing, or maybe some of the things that are coming up for your clients right now as they navigate this change? I think it's like just shifted the way we need to show up, but I think it's more important than ever as we just navigate all these new things.
1: Yeah. So, What I've been learning, because this is all some, I'm in it with every single person, like, you know, COVID and Black Lives Matter, you know, those are, those are very, very magnified things right now for, for us. And, and what I'm realizing and what I'm learning is about this, like really deep trauma that we all hold within our bodies, regardless of whether or not the trauma is directly because you are, you know, black, brown um indigenous person of color as primarily black people that we're talking about right now who struggle with racism and systemic oppression mm-hmm. i'm by no means uh, um a i i don't i'm not very well educated on this i'm doing my own behind the scenes work to learn mm-hmm. uh but what i do understand is that like by, me, by us always wanting to be right, because as humans, we want to be right, <laughs> we will then witness the dismantling of these ideas that we thought were true, and they're no longer true, and then this explosion in your head happens you're like i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm i'm horrible we start to beat ourselves up mm-hmm. because it's trauma that we're holding in our body the trauma of white supremacy is held so deep for so many of us whether it's because you've benefited from it or you've been yes. oppressed by it mm-hmm. so here i am as like a white cisgender like man who is you know can although i'm gay like uh, in photos, like very passing to be just like the tip of the the top of the iceberg when it comes to the, the system, I sit and I'm just like, wow, there's so much that I have not been doing. And then I got like really into it and I was sharing and I was educating and I was doing my best. And I, and I realized that part of that was kind of performative for me, even because even though I was really passionate about learning all these things and sharing them, it was, unfortunately, it was really broadcasted as this like social media trend, which Mm -hmm. is really sad to me. And it felt really hard for me to then navigate through as a digital business owner who makes 100% of his sales on Instagram. How do I balance this? Right. And then it just turned into me Disappearing and being like, oh, I can't post anything. I'm so scared to post anything, and that just comes back to your question, like, well, how do we navigate that? And I think it's really sitting down and deciding what part of activism you want to play a part in, and and know that whatever part you're playing, it's fine, right? Like, there's so much shame. There's mm-hmm. so much white shame. There's so much white, white guilt. guilt. I mean, there's so much like, as you expressed, like mommy guilt and like white mom guilt on Instagram. Like I remember on Blackout Tuesday, I was shamed off of an Instagram live by a white woman because I was taking away the space for black people to have voices. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, so one specific day you're going to come for me But when I'm, when I'm doing my best to speak about this, and I know that I have a platform of people who are willing to listen to me. And then the next day I went live and she was nowhere to be found. Yeah. So, so so it's like, and granted, like, this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her. And I found out later that she was attacked. So she just takes that trauma and wants to eject it on and project them to someone else. And this is what we do Mm -hmm. as humans to cope. Someone shames us. We shame someone else to make ourselves feel better because I'm not the only one who's doing it. So you, you know, and this is when we look at all types of things, all types of journeys within life, it's really important to know that. Like a lot of people ask me, they say, Paul, you know, when I'm on, when I start my self-love journey, the people closest to me tell me that I'm being selfish. And I say, okay, well, there's a couple of things that are going on. The first question that you always want to ask someone, if you're courageous enough, is what part of me loving myself triggers you? Mm -hmm. What part of me, me saying yes to me makes you feel uncomfortable, right? And, and this is like, of course, like, can be a very heavy conversation. And more often than not, someone who's attacking you for loving yourself just doesn't love themselves and is looking for the validation from you to fill themselves up. And when you say, I'm actually going to put myself first, then you don't have space for them. So it's just fear. They feel helpless and alone. So they want to control the situation and get back into that comfort state and say, hey, you're being selfish. What about me? what about me? What about the kids? What about X, Y, and Z? And it has nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with the fact that they're terrified that when you love yourself, you're not going to love them anymore.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And that is not true. It's just not true, unless it is true. And everyone's (laughs) story is different, right? And, And this is like a it's just an interesting journey that everyone takes. As I said, self-love, it's the devotion to your individuality, not the devotion to the way your husband wants you to show up in the world. Because that that's gotten a lot of women and men very sad, very, very sad just having to show up because they think that's how other people want them to show up. Like, I got to be this mom because my kids expect me to be this way. Well the only person who put that expectation in their ears is you. So yeah. <laughs> why like how can you shift and and start living your best life and therefore knowing that by you living your best life your kids, your friends, your family are also going to live their best life. It's not always going to be easy, but it's so worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's funny as my husband actually started his self love journey before I did. So I was the one that was like grasping for straws of like, you're changing and then I'm not going to be good enough. Like now I'm projecting my stuff onto you. And then so once I bless him for staying with me through that, <laughs> then once I started, I was like, oh shit, this is what I was doing to you. And, but yeah. for me, it was just interesting because in that community from my experience, I can only speak from my experience. It feels like a lot of times women kind of hit that first from the people that I've talked to. So it was really interesting for me to be kind of like on the other side of that and to see it. And it was, it's given me a lot of perspective to help myself. And my other favorite one is you're changing like, Oh, you're different. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to like really just be me. This is the real me. Right one thing I want to clarify, and this is something that I still know that I can admit that I still struggle with is the difference between, and you know what I'm going to say, self-love and self-care. I struggle with this because I am a bath taker, but five out of 10 times, I probably am sitting there like, fuck, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing that. And then that defeats the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. can you... Talk about that a little bit and break it down for us.
1: (laughs) Totally. So self-love and self-care are two very different things. They cannot uh, happen without the other. So self-love is a physical, a mental, and emotional act. I'm sorry. Self-love is a mental and emotional act. Self-care is a physical act. So we've been confused of by a, by a social media and a lot of the things that are coming up around us to think that by taking the bubble bath or going to get your nails done or your hair colored, that's self-love. And that act of taking care of your physical body is actually self-care. When you go and do these things and like you said, get upset at yourself for taking that time, what you're doing is counter- counterintuitive it's counterproductive it's it's doing more harm than good because what you're telling your body is by taking me taking care of you is wrong it's taking away from all these other things so I really challenge you and anyone who's listening the next time you experience some sort of self-care whether it be going out to buy going out to dinner Going out to buy a new handbag, or maybe you're finally getting that new car, or even like m- getting a different job that feels good. Like, notice when the shame comes up that you should be feeling a different way. And first and foremost, the word shame should, to me, is like my least favorite word. I've eliminated it from my vocabulary. Every time I say it, my body's just like Ugh! because basically what's happening is you shitting yourself. You are shaming yourself into feeling it wrong. And it's also creating a great excuse. Like for instance, you're in the bath and you're saying, Oh, I should be doing so many other things, but I'm not like, that's like the in parentheses cat thing that you didn't say, but I'm not, but it's okay because I just said, should right? instead of, I will do other things because mm-hmm. if that's coming up for you, then there's something inside of you that feels neglected, whether it's the fact that your brain just doesn't feel comfortable letting yourself relax because we go, 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 go all day long, avoid, 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 avoid. And then the second that we say, Oh, wow, I'm in it to win it. I'm actually like relaxing. Wait, what, why am I, why am I relaxing? I don't deserve to do this. Right. We just feel like we deserve to suffer. So It's really important to do a couple of things to get into that self-love moment while you are self-caring for yourself. It's getting back to gratitude, right? I'm so grateful that I have the space to take a bath or that my partner is willing to watch the kids while I take the bath, bath or that I have the ability to afford a home that has a bathtub right? These are all things that we neglect. And I also think that, um, the pandemic has been really great to illuminate some of these luxuries that we just took for granted all like being with our family, um, you know, home cooked meals, like the luxuries that we, some people don't have every single day. So if you are witnessing yourself right now, spiraling out of control, being like, oh my gosh, I've Every time I get my nails done, all I'm thinking about is what I'm making for dinner and the email that I need to send or the Instagram post that I need to put up or the podcast episode that I need to listen to. You are doing it all wrong. And I will call you out fully on that and just go into that nail appointment with gratitude. And if all you can do to drown out all of the shooting and the shame is I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. Thinking it over and over and over and over in your head, then start there. It's a lot easier said than done. And we once again, have been conditioned to feel bad about taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really interesting, perplexing journey that we're on as humans with the media and consumerism and capitalism. And And all these things that shape our lives, the media, it's it's really, really interesting to navigate through, but you have the complete control that you want on your life and how you experience it. You just have to give yourself permission to step into that.
0: Oh, permission is definitely something else that I want to talk about. But I know a lot of other women probably are like this too. Um, And I always speak from a woman's perspective, like you had mentioned earlier of like just systemic oppression and things like that. And that was a big one for me being in corporate America and um, some of the companies I've worked at being like only one of the women or, and then we start competing and just all these things. So I'm always trying to speak to that space, but I always feel like what you just said is so beautiful of like, just be grateful it's a simple thing we can do. And I find myself, and I know other people probably like this, when it feels too simple, it feels like it can't be right, or it's not enough. And I've just learned it is enough. And like, I've got to stop looking for like this next greater thing, or I've got to stop looking for this thing that's outside of me, because it's all right here. And I love that. And that's such a great reminder. Um mm-hmm. I really need to start getting that gratitude game back in, (laughs) back in shape. (laughs) So it might've been slipping a little bit during quarantine, but you also said one of my favorite things though, about releasing the word. Now I can't even talk should. And are there other words? like other words or other toxic language. Um, this is something I'm trying to be super mindful of in the last couple of weeks is just how I talk to myself and really trying to like pay attention to it and monitor it. Are there other like keywords, like just like a couple of handful of your favorite ones that if we yeah. could eliminate them, we would be 20% better.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there are some words that, um, there are some big words and some small words that, uh, are really fun to think about. So, uh, I'll give you like word swaps. Okay. So instead of the word should, I challenge you to replace, replace the word will with the word should. Like that. Uh, so that it, it, Taking instance, if, if I should, and saying I should go to the gym gives you permission not to go to the gym. I will go mm. to the gym. If you say, will, you're going. And if you don't go, then, you know, that's on you. Uh, another word is, that we say a lot is like, uh, I have to go to the gym. What about I get to go to the gym? So instead of have to, I get to. No, naming your privilege that you get to go to somewhere and also like taking full ownership of your life. And get is such as gratitude, right? So whenever the word have starts coming into my, my mind, I'm like, okay, can I replace that word with get? And sometimes it doesn't fit, but I still do it. Um, And then a a big one is uh, the word, but so when we punctuate a statement with the word, but what we're basically doing is we are dismissing that entire statement that we just said. Right. And this happens a lot in communication with other humans. I hear what you're saying, but okay, so actually you don't hear what I'm saying. So I would challenge you, to, there are two things you can do. You can either put a period instead of the, but So, like, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What I would like to share with you is, or inject the word. And I hear what you're saying. And I would love to share my opinion with you because the word, those words, or just the, the period, the break, the pause, we're, we're always so, 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 um, involved and worried about getting our voice in and being heard. And also we're just not aware of when we say, but we're just, we're getting rid of everything that was said. And, and I think that as I become more aware of these word swaps, it's so apparent how damaging things like the words, but, and should can be to our internal understanding of who we are. You know, I, I remember before I came out, it'd be like, oh, I I wish that I could come out to my parents, but I'll just wait until they die because it'll be easier to not have to witness them being so disappointed in me. Right. And like, that was something that would come through my mind every once in a while when I was debating in high school, whether or not to come out. And I realized that it's really weird to hear there are other words that i really empower people to dismiss from their vocabulary like the word sorry because the word sorry is like really low vibe it's actually um derived from the word sorrow and the word sorrow um is deep, deep sadness. Like we experience sorrow when we lose a loved one or you know something detrimental happens in our life. So to throw around the word, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. First of all, I feel like sorry is kind of like should, it's kind of like creating an excuse. And there's no ownership in the I'm sorry. Mm. There's no ownership. If you feel sorry, like I apologize, right? Because I apologize. I take ownership. Right. And you know, and I feel like the words like, oh, I, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's it's a lot of gaslighting and and it's just something to think about. Also just throwing that low vibe word out there, you're dropping your energy. You're dropping your energy into that sorrow. And I just feel like we we say I'm sorry when we're not. You know, oh, yeah. I have a lot of Canadian clients who are very much like sorry, 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 sorry all the time. And I'm like, are you really sorry? oh, I didn't even know that I said it. So it's like, it's conditioned mm-hmm. into our culture too, to be apologetic for who we are. And, um, and then there's just one final one that's kind of like a mind blowing moment that you might want to start thinking about. Uh, and this has a lot to do with like, the, the concept of time and the concept of like quantum physics and manifestation. So when we're going through our life, and we we've also been conditioned to be like con, like consumer based want based people like I want this I I need this more 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 scarcity scarcity lack mm-hmm. lack lack and this is the trauma from the our ancestors who came over from you know Europe and ravaged this land because they wanted more and they stole this land from the indigenous people and then stole, you know, other people from Africa, black people to be slaves, to build this land, want more power, greed, money, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. word want. So that trauma is really built deep in for a lot of us. And when we look deeper into the word want, the concept of wanting something—it's never actually fulfilled. If you're looking on this timeline, right? Because the second we want something, we have it. Um, second, we get something we want, we have it. So the the concept of wanting—we're always in a perpetual want, and that's why we never feel fulfilled. Oh. So essentially, what you can do is replace the word "I want" with "I desire."
0: Oh.
1: Or um, so then, when you're like, "I desire." A better job. When you when you receive that desire, you have it. And because desiring isn't as just like always going around in circles, like stuck in this like limbo of wanting. And that's just when we're sitting with manifesting things, and it's like being very crystal clear with our vocabulary. Like I want a new job. I desire a new job. I would love a new job. I would like a new job. Okay. Because all of those things, they're fulfilled and then you move through them wanting it's never fulfilled.
0: Oh, I love that. And that's part of what I've been trying to work on myself. Talk is part of that manifesting and like really creating something or or things that I've probably been scared of. Not improbably probably that I have been scared of manifesting in the past. I've really been like trying to be laser focused on that. So I love that. Like that, perpetual wanting like it's constantly orbiting around you and you'll never catch up with it like you'll never get it you'll never touch it it's kind of what got me to the beginning of my journey is like when I was laying in my closet by myself but now this is a happy place back then it was a sad place because it's where I would come to hide and just like feel dead inside because I had checked all the boxes of all the wants and I was what else What what else is there to want I have everything but I didn't I wasn't grateful and I was checking the boxes that someone else actually told me to check. None of the ones that I wanted to check. So it really shifted everything. You said one other word I really want to touch on um, before we start wrapping up is this idea of permission Mm -hmm. and why we just so innately feel like someone else needs to give us permission to do so much stuff. And I've really been thinking about this a lot and I see it in my kids. It's like, you know, they've been conditioned or we've been conditioned to ask for everything like can I go to the bathroom can I have a snack instead of empowering people like how to make choices for themselves like it's so ingrained in us to like always ask someone else or believe that someone else always knows better which is like where I'm at now I feel like I need someone like give me the five tips so I can love myself instead of knowing that it's inside of me but i think it's because i've never been given the permission to like truly truly love myself. So like if someone's stepping into this space and they feel like they need to give themselves permission, what's your best advice for that or like what's your go to for that?
1: Yeah, well, i mean first i i would just kind of like to ask you a question about like when you notice that your kids are always looking for the permission from you or your husband and where, where did that come from? Like, did you condition them to need to ask permission to do the things?
0: Probably. Because what I've yeah. noticed in my parenting, and this is something my husband and I have recently been talking about, is the jokes of like, oh my God, I sound like my mom. Because you're like mm-hmm. reenacting what you know as... Mm-hmm parent because all you know is what you've been done to and like I'm really trying to evaluate that and mm-hmm. to create a different relationship dynamic that one that I always craved never had but now here I am just recreating it so like how can I stop that
1: hmm so I mean that's a great noticing and a great awareness you know we we first First steps first, like when we're giving ourselves permission, we have to forgive ourselves. Like we Mm. have to work on self-forgiveness, you know, forgiving yourself that you condition your kids to live a way that frustrates you. Mm -hmm. And you have no clue why you did that, but you were taught that to do it that way. And therefore you're just here experiencing life and saying, okay, so I forgive myself I'm okay. Self forgiveness is so important. And then it's that permission to actually heal. And it goes back to exactly what you said at the beginning. You know, we're always looking for external validation. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for permission from someone because there's a couple of things. If you give me permission to do something and it goes wrong, I can blame you. It's oh, not my no. fault. I never right? thought about that. Yeah. So yeah. if you, and, it's so much easier to blame other people for your problems than (laughs) to take ownership for them. Right. So for instance, like it's so much easier for you to say, Oh, I sound like my mom. It's my mom's fault than saying, okay, I'm aware of that. And I get to change that now because Mm -hmm. I'm my own human. I'm not my mother. And granted, like, I think this is the cycle, and this is ancestry, and the traumas that are passed down, and and basically, you know, I had this really great conversation on my um, show that's coming out soon with um, Adi and Sophie Jaffe about parenting, and mm-hmm. they're like, as parents, we were given, well, I, as parents, we give our children a handbook. It's it's um, a metaphorical handbook, yeah, and it's the handbook that's been passed down generally, generationally, and sometimes if you know i feel like generationally like gen z is doing really really great and i'm sure your kids too have just like looking at this handbook and being like this does not make any sense i'm going to rewrite this tear pages out and everything and for a lot of us that's not the case right we've been reading every single word and saying this is exactly Mm -hmm. how we have to do life because this is what our parents said to do and and it's just not true it's 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 a really, really hard thing to unpack. And there's so, I mean, we could talk about it for hours about unpacking the, the ancestral trauma and wounding around needing that external validation from our parents. And um, basically to, to put it all into a little nutshell, it's like giving yourself permission to just explore that. Is the first step, Step. like explore why it bothers you so much that your kids are doing what you told them to do. Explore why you're unwilling to take that finger that you're pointing out at so many other people and turn it back on yourself and say, what can I do differently right now? What can I do in my life to give myself permission to be okay with where I am and know that I am never going to be perfect. I am going to mess up and that's okay.
0: I love that. I love, I I never thought about forgiving myself. I've always been caught up in like forgiving other people. Like I can definitely admit I uh, the biggest fan in the past of playing the victim like that was my comfort zone is I was really good at giving my power away and then playing the victim but I never thought about get forgiving myself so I could really step into allowing giving myself permission that's really really powerful I like that a lot yeah
1: yeah
0: um so what new projects do you have coming up I saw some things on Instagram but I wanted you to share here with the audience too
1: yeah. So, uh, right now I am going through a big, I'm redoing my website and, uh, making my colors a little more vibrant. Um, I'm stepping more into the authoritative space of uh, Self love, you know. For the past three years, uh, when I first developed my website, I thought I was going to be a fashion blogger, and here (laughs) I am, you know, a self love coach and business mentor and and um, top one hundred podcaster and and I want to make it easier for people who receive the knowledge that I have. So I'm I'm um, really centering my whole message on my website, making it easier for you to, you know, purchase meditations or um, courses. And I'm also um, getting ready to open the doors to my flagship um, program, the self-love diet again in August, which I'm really excited about. And I'm going to bring in it. So revamp that to make it more accessible, easier to be a part of, And um, really just using everything I've learned over the past three years of doing this full time and um, building something that I think is going to be really exciting for a lot of people. And um, it's really scary because it's worked up until now. And then I keep on hitting a wall, you know, I keep on hitting a wall, like putting up the boundaries, someone has to apply to work with me and then get on the phone with me and then, um, you know, say yes. And then we jump in instead of me just being like, join me. If you're ready, join me, let's do this together as a big group. Like that's, what's exciting. And that's the next step for me is, is scaling and empowering as many people as I can to do the work together. Because that's, that's where the magic happens. Like there's a place for one-on-one work and I really believe that this work is best done with so many other people at the same time because when you do that you realize you're not alone like mm-hmm. your story Katie is very similar to so many other people's stories and yeah. it's not to take away from your story but to know that like you're not alone. Alone, alone. Mm-hmm. and that, and and we all innately think that we're alone for some reason. Know, and not, so we are not alone. You are not alone.
0: I know. I was telling my husband like how isolated I felt like when we had our first kid, and I was like, I was up in the middle of the night, and I felt like I'm the only person. But in reality, there's millions of other women up in the middle of the night doing the same thing. And if I had a community, I would have embarked on that journey completely different. And then,
1: yeah.
0: Community is in connection are definitely like one of my core values, and I didn't realize that until like you said, I started sharing my story, and then I started to realize how connected we all are. Like, yeah, our stories are similar, and we have different situations, but at the end of the day, it's so nice to just know that there's someone else. It's, it feels safe to be seen, right? And if yeah. you're sharing your story with someone and it's similar, I love that. But I wanted to um, go back to your name real quick because I can't remember if it was another podcast that you had sent this in or on the website. But the reason why you named it the Self Love Diet because for one, yeah. I think it's catchy and I love it. But kind of like your thoughts and feelings <laughs> behind that.
1: Totally, uh, you know, and it's kind of like one of these things that I go back and forth with every single day because there's there's lots of reasons why I love the name and other reasons why it's, uh, it's tough for me. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's important to name and also like a great reason to keep it the same. Um, mm-hmm. So as I s- said, self love is the devotion to your individuality and the word diet, we've been conditioned to think of it in a negative connotation about restriction and just like keeping us like starving and it's all about food and nutrition right and and when you look in the dictionary the baseline definition of diet is simply habitual nourishment and when i think about nourishment i think about you know meditation being like mm. soul nourishment food being physical nourishment laughter you know being soul nourishment and there's there's so many different ways to nourish ourselves so over the course of my program what i'm teaching people to do is to habitually nourish the devotion to their individuality Mm. every single day, right? So whether getting devoted to you is continuously showing up and doing this podcast or, you know, going to the gym, right? You're doing it for you and you're creating a habit out of it. Because when we put ourselves first, I guarantee you, it might feel so counterintuitive, your life will change for the better, period. There, like, if someone's listening to this and they can say for a fact that they changed their life and focused around themselves, did the things they truly want and it ruined their life, I'd love to have a conversation with you because I want to understand because there's something, there's a missing piece mm-hmm. and you might've done it because you heard me talking on a podcast <laughs> and you decided to flip your world upside down because I said so not because you wanted to do it. And this is a really, really important thing. And we, once again, you can blame Paul because Paul said, well, put yourself at the center of your life. No, that's not what I said. I said, (laughs) do the things that make you happy and therefore everyone around you will be happier.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. So as we wrap up, what's like the one last thing that you'd love to leave the audience with before we part?
1: If you are listening to this, this message is meant specifically for you. The universe puts you in front of this podcast for a reason, and I hope that you don't take that lightly because it's not a coincidence that Katie and I are having this conversation in your ears right now. It is divine intervention. It is time for you to look in the mirror and come on over to paulfishman.love and Love either sign up for my newsletter, or take my self-love quiz or get in with my text message community or join the self-love diet. It's time. You're, you are worth it. You deserve it. And you are not alone.
0: <laughs> oh God, you just made my whole day. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's
0: great. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was
1: so good. Mm, thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Um, just one last thing. Can you, is there a certain picture that you want me to use? Yeah. Air I'll, I'll send process? you,
1: a, I can send you a picture. Okay, perfect. Um, I, a, I have your email address, so I'll email that picture to you. And then um, let me know when this goes live and I will,
0: I definitely will. I'm thinking probably not this Thursday, but next Thursday. That's on Thursdays is usually when I release my um, interviews. So, but I would definitely let you know ahead of time. Thank you so much. That's definitely fed my soul today.
1: Mm, My pleasure. Have a beautiful day, Katie.
0: You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.